This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. This is your host this morning, Super Vegan Brian, and I am tired because we have scrambled this episode together this morning, um, and I am joined by David Theobald III. Hi, everybody. Um, Well, as you know... Nerd Podcast Radio is in possession of an extra-dimensional portal, um, and sometimes it results in people not being able to be here. Um, we had some talk last week. Um, Erica is a little upset with us because we had somehow promised her not to use the portal, but I had pre-programmed some destinations in, and she is somewhere. Um, Did my you ever monitoring- figure out what that blinking light was? Well, my monitoring screen is down. And, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been giving me this, this blinking message. And I, we, you know, we ran it through some translator. It's not Morse code. It's, you know, it's a, it's a steady blink. Mm. I, I, it's some kind of signal from somewhere else, but we're not entirely sure from where, um, I'm not able to monitor the other dimensions. I haven't been able to hear any of the other podcast streams from the parallel universes. Um, the, the 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 my my favorite one, um, nerd podcast radio where it's all female hosts and one guy. That one's that one's my favorite. <laughs> but, but no, I'm not able to get anything, and I'm I'm actually a little worried about Erica. I'm hoping she's all right. We'll we'll have to um we'll have to post. Well, you know, we'll have to keep it monitored, and maybe we'll find out next week. Um, Mikey, on the other hand, um. He was all ready to go this morning, and um, I don't know if he fell into the clone vat or. Oh no! Not well. Not not again. I thought we put a railing up. Well, we 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 hired the contractor to put the railing up, but unfortunately, you know, when you use these parallel universe contractors, when you have malfunctions with your own extra dimensional portal, it can cause problems. Ah, uh, jeez. All right. So, how many of them is it this time? Well, we'll. I guess we'll find out when he gets back. Great. Well, I'll 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 make sure and buy extra ammo for the shotgun. Well, you weren't even supposed to be here this morning. You're supposed to be at a con. Yes, yes. Well, I technically, uh, yes, I'm supposed to be at a con, but I'm not yet because I didn't leave yet because uh, it's too early in the morning. Well, thank you for not wanting to do morning episode, morning morning games, and instead doing a morning episode <laughs> because you know. This requires less concentration than a game. <laughs> yes, it, it it does indeed, and 
it's it's a lot of fun. I'm happy I was able to be here. I was a little bummed I was going to miss the episode, and then the day came, and man, having to get back to that con for a 9 a.m. game, screw that. Well, we will figure out what we're going to talk about in a minute, um, but first we're going to play everybody's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You. We don't right. have to follow the normal rules with that, because it's only two of us. So. Oh, good. Good. We can leave the widgets where they are, because God knows they've caused enough trouble. That's actually you know, why I woke up this morning. There was a widget like playing with my light switch. <laughs> they really got to warn podcasters about all the elements that, you know, we normally would consider science fiction that get involved in podcasting. I mean, you get you get guests that introduce radioactive widgets. You get extra dimensional portals. You get clones. I mean, they someone ought to write a manual on podcasting in this modern world. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an interesting writing prompt. <laughs> well, we'll have to we'll have to contact Mike Myler and see if he can he can write up. <laughs> you know, we'll do the the um, podcasting role playing game where it's you know you play podcasters and you have to deal with the sci fi elements on on podcasting. That'd be fun. Hey, you know, it could be worse. One of us could get kidnapped and turned into a walrus. Yes. Yes, the, that could happen, and that would be bad. <laughs> I, I heard that one podcaster in Canada, that happened to him. Jeez. I mean, then there was that one podcast team in Germany that just, in the middle of recording, just vanished. Left I'm all not their familiar mics on. with that one. Oh, yeah, left all their mics on, all their equipment was hot. A couple hours later, someone walked in the room, and they were just gone. <laughs> Apparently, they were in the middle of telling a story. That's interesting. Yeah, it was weird. It's one of those things, I think they're going to talk about it on uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, or something like that. We need to, you know, you know which podcasting team I'm most interested in talking to. You know, I think I figured out our topic this morning. Oh. <laughs> We're going to talk about podcasts this morning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or something. That works. No, that works. <laughs> well, so, um, you know, you're at a con, so you should probably go first. What's nerdy with you? Oh, well, I mean, I'm at a con. <laughs> <laughs> I got to play, uh, I played in an abstract RPG called, uh, uh, was it Magic and Mischief yesterday, and that which was uh, a reskinned version of a game called something in lasers, uh, uh, was, uh, diplomacy or lasers or something. Like that. I don't remember the actual game it was based on, but it was a lot of fun. We were playing students at a magic academy, and depending on what we were trying to do, indicated which uh, how many dice we were supposed to roll for certain things. We were counting successes. It was a lot of fun. We were students running around trying to solve a mystery at our magic academy. And uh, after that, I got to play a D&D 5th Edition Adventurers League game, which was the first time I've played Adventurers League, which was a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, that's all I've done at the con so far. And then I'm going back later today to uh, start day two. I'm going to try and do a walkthrough of the minis room like I usually do and get a video up for Facebook. But Can I ask you to make a comparison between your first experience with Adventurers League to your first experience with Pathfinder Society? Uh, sure. I don't want your head to get so big you can't fit outside the house, though. No, no, I... Okay, use your second experience with Pathfinder no, Society, because I'm the one who ran the first game. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Uh, I honestly don't even remember that second game much. That first game was so good. Uh, well, not, not, not too many GMs have 20 years experience. You know, you have to go to your Eric Brittons and stuff to get better. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, my first Pathfinder experience was, yes, I was playing a game with you. You did all the goofy voices, and you made that game a lot of fun. My friend Grant and I uh, started our Dash 1 characters, which for Pathfinder Society, you get a number, 
and then every character you build, you label them with your number and then a dash and then whichever character number they are. So first character you play is your dash one which is the common parlance of people in the society when they talk about the characters that they're playing. It's like, oh, I'm on my dash 8. Oh, this is my dash 12. <laughs> Grant's, I think, on his, like, dash 26 or something like that. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, Grant and I started our dash 1s that day, and I played one of the worst combinations you can of a class and a, and a race. I was a dwarven paladin, you know, a charisma-based class with a race that gets a negative to charisma. I Was it a pregen, or did you choose to make that? No, I chose to make it. I was like, hmm, let's do something kinky. Dwarf. Dwarf paladin. I mean, they exist in the lore. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I just, it, it, as far as power gaming is concerned, it's one of the dumbest things you can do because you're taking your main stat and you're getting a racial negative to it. <laughs> what's the, um, what's the paladin? Is it Lothander? What's the uh, Paladin God in Forgotten Realms? Forgotten Realms? The Paladin God? I couldn't tell you. I'd have to look it up. I'm not anywhere near as encyclopedic of fifth ed as I am of my knowledge of Pathfinder. <laughs> uh, I think you're right, but I don't know. I mean, I, uh, oh, I'm I'm D and D wiki. You looking it up. Yeah, I was starting to, but I'm still waking up. So let's see. I, I there's a whole thing on paladins, but I'm not seeing anything like specific to just deities. If memory serves, you can actually worship any deity. You just have to be lawful good. Yeah. Even if you're God, I think your God can be one step away from either lawful or good, but you have to be within one step of it. So you think you could even be like chaotic good or something. Your deity can be even chaotic good or something. But Okay, this is I'm refreshing my memory. Um, so the general lawful good deities that most people pick for Paladin yeah. are Tyr, mm -hmm. Torm, yeah. Moradin. Moradin would be the, the dwarven one. Yeah. Um, then you got some of the, the weird ones like Amonator, which I believe is a dead god. Yeah. Um, Carl, Garl Glittergoad, which is the Gnomish one. Yeah. I've never heard of Baronar or True Silver. I don't think I have either. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. I didn't get to mute fast enough. Oh, it's all right. I've been hacking up lungs over here myself. Like, like I said, I, I think I, uh, caught a little bit of the cod crud early. You drinking for one day. You drinking enough water? Yeah. Trying to. Mainly, I've just been mainlining uh, uh, Dayquil and uh, trying to not cough on people. <laughs> well, for me, um, I've been I, – I, last game we had, last um, Pathfinder game, I confiscated everybody's character sheets. Interesting. Um, I wanted to put everything in Hero Lab um, because we have some new players, and we have this happen a lot. I cast some spell. Okay, what does it do? Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've my so I'm GMing a fifth edition game, and we've been playing for like seven or eight months now. I ran them all the way through uh, uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist, and they currently just found the second level of uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage or Undermountain, and it's like herding cats. This group, I don't know what's wrong, but they like will won't ever actually learn anything like they ask me the same questions every time we play it's like come on guys you did this last week for the sorcerer i can print uh, a sheet with the spells they know and with descriptions of all the spells yeah. with the druid they can change their spells every day so when they come out i'm probably gonna have to get the primal spell cards probably 
Um, you're not really into this whole second edition thing yet, though. Not as much. No, it's uh, it's all right. I'm I'm finding uh, I got to play another uh, session of John's game, and we had fun with it. I just it's it's a slow process. I mean, I'm I'll, I'll admit when I first learned how to play Pathfinder the first time, it was kind of a slow transition because I was really into three five. I still haven't played anything other than the demo. I've only GM'd. I, I, um, Anna Meyer is starting a online game. Yes, I've heard. Which will be an invite game, and yes. I'm hoping that I can fit it into my schedule. Mm. Depending on what she wants to play, if you can't, uh, I, I probably can. <laughs> well, I mean, we might both be able to. That would be amazing, but we'll see. It's like it's her game. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to try and invite myself along or anything, but I would be, I, I, I would love she, to get a shot. And she would love to have you. <laughs> she would, She loves new people and loves getting to know people, and she likes you too. So um, I just, you know, Greyhawk and... Yeah, that's um, the thing. I've never played in, in a Greyhawk setting before, so it'd be completely new. We talked the other day, and so one of the things about Greyhawk and 2nd Edition I thought was really exciting. So Greyhawk has... Um, a lot of the iconic spells like Bigby's Hand and yes. um, Nistel's Magical Aura and Tensor's Floating Disc. Well, um, in the actual timeline, those people are still alive. So those right. spells are kind of like the new spells. And um, so Pathfinder 2nd Edition has this mechanic where they have uncommon spells. Well, yes. like Teleport is an uncommon spell. You can't just pick it. You have to get permission from your DM. You have to yeah, find someone, it. Someone effectively has to teach it to you. Yeah. Well, I told Anna, I said, with Greyhawk, you should say, like, um, those spells are available because they teach them in schools because they're the new spells. Yeah. Um, but you can have uncommon versions of those spells. So, like, for example, um, Big B's Hand, you know, that might be an available spell. But what if you learned it from Big B? <laughs> right yeah so you could improve like the version he uses is a little bit better than the yeah. ones that are taught well, in schools because there's did, a little bit of he, telephone going on yeah, i was gonna say he did kind of you know write the spell <laughs> um i i know that much about greyhawk like i know the wizards like morden kane and big b tensor yeah um, I've, heard, I've, I've heard the names i just don't know very much of the lore Mouth. Yeah, that's that's honestly kind of my biggest problem is I grew up playing uh, a lot of uh, 3.5, but we were doing a lot of homebrew worlds and stuff, so I never really got all that invested in the Forgotten Realms setting or even I just the regular played, setting before that, and so I don't know a lot of the lore. I played and ran Forgotten Realms. Yeah. Um, I know a lot about Waterdeep, so whenever I've run Forgotten Realms, that's where the game is. Yeah. Um, I also know Westgate. I, I did Westgate for a while. Okay. Um, Westgate is sort of like um, Tortuga. It's mm -hmm. like the pirate town. It's sort of like um, Riddleport. Gotcha. Um, but it's more Thieves Guildy than piratey. Okay. The, Interesting. And then the other game I played, the majority of my like learning to play was my friend Sandro had his own homeworld called... Um, Philothan, which he's the kind of person who does world building when he's not gaming. Gotcha. Like he'll like so let's say well like let's say we we play and we played in nineteen ninety one and we played for like four years. Yeah. And then we played again and then we played again in like two thousand four. Mm-hmm. 
Well, in the in between time when Noam was playing, he maintained the timeline. Oh wow! So, wow! Yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah, it was it was cool. It was neat that every time we jumped back in, the story kept going, and we knew where the arcs were, and we knew what was going on. We we would with our new characters. Sometimes we would find out what happened to our old characters. That's pretty cool. I got so mad at him that he he turned one of my old characters into a battery. I still pick on him about it every once in a while. Not bad. A race of wizards had captured him and like put him in this artifact and were leeching off his power. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. My old my other old characters, he'd like he'd made them gods and kings and stuff, but this one he decided to fuck over for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Always fun. Of yeah, course, it's it's a favorite one. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, the whole entire point I was trying to make about my nerdy thing. So I'm putting everybody in Hero Lab and getting all their kind of cheat sheets together. Um, we have had a pretty fun game. We're playing in a part of Pathfinder that doesn't have um, any book lore behind it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, the city of Quantium and Nex has, like, nothing. It has, like, it's a cosmopolitan city. That's high magic. Hmm. Next disappeared, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. really, really basic. Uh, there there used to be a war with Gab. It's run by the Ark Lords. You know, you don't get much. You don't get details on the city or anything. Yeah. I looked on the forums and I believe the reason why is Eric Mona came up with Nex and he's the publisher for Paizo. And anytime they do anything with Nex, he's involved and he's the publisher for Paizo. So he doesn't have time to really write anything. It makes sense, yeah. But at cons, they have specials where you get to like do some kind of dungeon involving Nex, and Eric will run it. Mm, neat. So it's like this little exclusive stuff that you get. You get a little bit more information if you play in those events. That it's fine. I, I but I would like to see them use it more in the game because it's it's a cool place. There's a few places like that. Um, Nex, Hermia, the um, the home of the Nazi um, gold dragon. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something that hasn't been touched much. They even cut. I wonder it out why. Of, I, I was. Yeah. I wonder why. Yeah, yeah, the dragon doing eugenics experiments. <laughs> <laughs> they cut it out of um, this the first edition um, uh, world guide. It was in the three point five world guide, and then it was just gone. And James Jacobs confirmed that it was still there, that it was still a place, and it's on the maps. And then they brought it back in second edition. Okay. I didn't know it was back for a second ed. Yeah, it's it's there. It I mean it never really went away. They just didn't have any information on it. Interesting. I like the idea of the potential of using a gold dragon as a villain. Yeah, well dragons as villains are generally fun anyways, because A, the game was originally called Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> they were uh, they were always kind of supposed to be the big bads. Um other nerdy things is I've had a lot of fun playing with my new Fitbit. I got a new Fitbit. I got a Versa 2. Ooh, nice. Um, what else? Um, I had I had mm. some problems with my computer again. That's never fun. I had some lag. I, I'm, I'm running on a clean boot right now to make sure that works. What happened? Um, not entirely sure. I don't oh, know. Always because fun? So I had my, I, I think you knew my video card died. And then my internal storage hard drive died. Mm. But my event log doesn't have any problems. So I, I don't really know. I, the lag seems gone. So, you know, it, I had Origin installed 
because I was doing some EA game stuff, so I uninstalled that. I had um I had my old NVIDIA drivers were still going, so that might have had something to do with it. It's possible. The real question for me would be why did the what why did the cart why did they both fail? I mean, was it for the same reason or was it for different things? It's well, I, I read about that model of video card, and... Well, the, what were you running? Uh, NVIDIA 1080 Ti. Oh, okay. And um, if you overclock them, they only last as long as they lasted. And I had bought it from... Um, I don't remember the name of the manufacturer. It's a pretty popular gaming lab. It was already overclocked? Cyberware, I think, believe it is. Okay. Um, and it was already overclocked, and I didn't yeah. notice. yeah. Yeah, the Xbox ones are nice, but sometimes they just put way too much strain on the hardware, and something that should last five or ten years ends up only lasting one or two. <laughs> and then the hard drive was just, it was my old SATA storage hard drive for my old computer, and I had moved it over. So, okay. yeah, it, it, I, I had most things backed up. The things I lost were, like, edited photos, and yeah. some of my, not not like, not like the masters. I mean, that's what I care about. But the edited photos, I didn't lose any podcast files, thank God. I thought I had at first. Um, and I lost, um, oh, my mind went blank. You must not have lost much then. Yeah, I think it's the signal from the extra-dimensional portal. Uh-oh. Oh, is that light blinking again? It never stopped blinking. I thought I told you that before. Oh, weird. I think you did. Hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Our, it, we're, our minds are getting affected now. <laughs> that's, that's that's that would good. be a twist. <laughs> I mean, I mean, is, is that light still blinking? What? No, yeah, no, it never stopped blinking. I thought I told you. <laughs> oh wait, it hasn't stopped. That's weird. Huh. <laughs> and then that's the rest of the episode. <laughs> 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 so yeah, so you're at a con. Uh, what what are your plans for today? Uh, today I've got a uh, Pathfinder Society game with my normal Sunday D&D group uh, at uh, the con, and then in the evening I'm going to play in the multi-table epic for Adventures League, I believe, because sadly the uh, the multi-table special the Society is doing is I think Starfinder this con, and I'm not a big I'm not I haven't really played the Starfinder Society at all, so. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of glad they're 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 switching back and forth. I mean, running them both at the same event. I mean, we had that one com where we ran the two multi-table specials, and it was insane. It was too yeah. hard to do. Well, to be fair, the last multi-table special we did, the participation wasn't as high as it was in its heyday. So we uh, we we had some issue filling tables. It's one, one we had a bunch of people that signed up to play that didn't show and. <laughs> So, are um is second edition starting to outnumber first edition, or is it still mostly first edition games? No, it's it's about fifty fifty now. So there's on the sign up sheet, there's probably four or five first edition games, and there's four or five second edition games, and there's four or five uh, Starfinder games as well. So, has the intro of second edition brought back any of those gems that kind of got burned out on first? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm I sure it has, but. I'm I'm not big on names. So there's a few there's a few legends. I'll I'll talk to you about it and we'll oh, I'll yeah, talk to you about fine. it after the thing because I don't want to mention name drop too many people. Oh, uh, but sure. there's a few legends in the California community that it would be cool to see if they came back. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I, uh, I I didn't even hang out at HQ much yesterday. I I went in, got my badge, and was like, all right, well, see ya. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was fun. Well, um, so. 
you, you, we, we said we had a topic to talk about. I don't remember what that was. I didn't write it down. <laughs> no, okay. I didn't write it down either. I mean, is that light still blinking? I Yeah, it's still blinking. I thought weird. I told you before it hasn't stopped. Yeah, that's weird. I wonder why it's blinking. Huh. Anyways, yeah, so topic. <laughs> um, so we could do day in the life. Um, we could do um, adulting, which is basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... What about um, media involving parallel universes? Ooh, interesting idea. Um, it I requires mean, some thought. Um, yeah, I mean, it does. You know what jumps to mind immediately is Sliders. Have you ever watched Sliders? Uh, it's been a long time. Oh, Jerry <laughs> O'Connell's big breakout show. Um, I used to catch reruns of it on Sci-Fi when I'd stay home late. When I'd stay home sick from school. <laughs> well, the premise of the show was that. There was a genius guy named Quinn Mallory mm-hmm. who in who was working on the Einstein Rosenberg bridge and he wanted to and he ended up figuring out a way to open a portal but they did this thing where he couldn't figure it out and all of a sudden he comes out of the portal and shows him how to figure it out ooh so it was kind of like a Scotty showing Scotty or a Spock showing Scotty Scotty's own equation for transwarp uh, teleportation. Yeah, and it's it, it's like I, I think when they did um on Rick and Morty they did a thing where um Rick showed like a fake version of his past where a version of him comes out of the portal and shows him how to finish the portal. Mm. Um, I think that was a direct ripoff of Sliders, but I think Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty already is inspired by sliders. I mean, the portal gun is, yeah, is yeah. Rick and Morty has a lot of uh, a lot of uh, of things that it uh, it takes ideas from. Uh, it pays it pays homage to a lot of them, and others it just blatantly rips off. <laughs> but sliders was I always thought sliders was probably inspired by Quantum Leap. It, I'm sure it was the way. It, so the way it was set up in the first episode was he gets this. He he has this thing that can open a portal, and it has a timer. So after the timer goes off, portal opens, and you go back. Mm-hmm. So you go in, and then the timer is rigged to go back to your home dimension. And then when the timer goes off, you go through the portal, and it takes you back. Well, they all go through the portal and miss the timer. Oh. So they end up going to a random dimension every single time the timer goes off, and they're they're kind of in a quest to find the coordinates of their home dimension so they can go back. Mm, I see. Interesting. Um, some of the things they explored in the early seasons, one of the things that happened with that show is it started off like every time they went to a different dimension, something little would change. Like they would go to a place where Russia ran the U.S. Ah. Or they would go to a place where um, antibiotics weren't invented. Ooh. Interesting. That, that was actually a twist in the episode. Um, they went to a place where there was this plague. It was like a plague that was killing everybody. Right. And right at the end of the episode, someone's like, well, you know, I wonder if we have, have you ever tried treating this with penicillin? And someone goes, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, answer's that. And they end up inventing penicillin. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's the, funny. Yeah, the... um. The show had a little bit of a side plot with the other alternate Quinn Mallory that would sometimes show up. Um, it it had a lot of potential. It they 
it felt like they burned out on ideas or they lost their writing team or something because they started getting really crazy sci-fi and inventing all sorts of crazy subplots. Also, John Rhys Davies was on the show, and the show lost a lot of quality when they killed off his character. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he wasn't just on the show. I'm sure he was he was uh, contributing at, to, to some extent. And yeah. When he laughed, they stopped. Because he's actually a really, really very, very smart man. Very funny. He's got. He's good at writing. He's yeah. He's a very very talented individual. I'm one of those nerds that if they were invested in a show, even if the show gets bad in quality, I keep watching it to the end. Mm-hmm. And Sliders is one of those shows that I can't believe I did it mm-hmm. because John Rhys Davies left. The show was kind of still interesting. Then it started getting nuts. <laughs> then all of a sudden, Sci-Fi Channel picked up the show. And they got rid of um, Jerry O'Connell and replaced him with another actor playing him. Okay. It was so he so it was a and so the there was an alternate version of him that looked different but didn't have use to, of his legs and okay. they they used technology to like merge him from the regular dimension into the guy who didn't have use of his legs to give him use of his legs. Neat. But they never really explained why they'd never run into another alternate version that looked different before. Okay. It was weird. Yeah. The um, My favorite thing they ever did on Sliders, and other people I know who like the show like this too, when they introduced Quinn Mallory's brother, Colin Mallory, um, they went to an alternate dimension where Quinn Mallory had a brother. Okay. And... He was he lived on like an Amish world, like a world with very low like pastoral technology. Okay. But he was still a super genius. Interesting. So like he had invented on his own, had had invented things like um um the light bulb and stuff like that. <laughs> and so they had this kind of naive guy who was really, really smart but not familiar with technology. Then they had this whole subplot where Quinn and Colin weren't alternates of anybody. They were actually from the prime dimension. <laughs> Interesting. You know, when you deal with um, extra planar portals and stuff like that in in fiction, sometimes things get convoluted. Mm, a little bit, yeah. Hey, Sometime. look at that. That light's still blinking. <laughs> it's still blinking? Wow. You never figured out what it was for, right? Yeah, you know, I, I mm. maybe it's getting a little, maybe it's getting a little repetitive and convoluted at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, it is blinking. It goes off. It comes back on. It goes off. It comes back on. <laughs> I mean, I just wish we should have labeled the lights on your console. You know, it came this way, and we, you know, we've tried marking it with Sharpie before, and the Sharpie just gets absorbed into the console. I mean, it is bioorganic material of some sort. I, I could only guess it is. I mean, being that it sweats and has pores. I'm really glad that's at your place, because uh, that just sounds creepy as hell. Well, like I've said before, it's in all places at all times. Huh. And it's probably watching you. <laughs> Great. Thanks for that. What are what are some other um <laughs> what are some other um what are some other media that involves parallel universes? Um hmm. uh parallel oh um Futurama dipped into parallel universes a few times. Uh, uh, remind did, me, I'm not. I don't. They did, 
they did the yeah. episode where the with where the professor invents the box that holds the a, another universe inside of it, and then they they go inside and they find a whole an infinite number of other universes that all have their own boxes. I have, remember, and they get that. lost that was... and they have to find the universe that has the box with their universe in it. Yeah, that was a good way of doing it. Yeah. I I remember that. I and that was a really like high concept sci-fi idea. Futurama oh, yeah. was a good show. Uh, and then there was the one where they go to the edge of the universe, and he looks through the he looks through the uh, the the telescope thing he has there. You put the quarter in, and uh, in the distance you see another version, but they're all dressed as cowboys. <laughs> What's that? Oh, that's just our closest parallel universe. Weird. <laughs> We'd be remiss to not mention Star Trek with the mirror oh, of universe. Course. Of course, I was getting to that, but I, I keep finding myself preoccupied by that damn blinking light. <laughs> they never got. They never really did the infinite multiverse on Star Trek. It was always one parallel yeah, universe. Well, yeah, I think Star Trek was a little afraid of getting up its own ass as far as its own continuity because you start playing around too much. And interesting fact about Mirror Mirror: mm. Mirror Mirror was written by Jerome Bixby, okay. who also wrote Fantastic Voyage. Interesting. Um, I know this because. Um, I lived in Hemet, California, and Hemet, California has the the original Hemet Theater, which is one of those old small town theaters. Right. The owner of that theater is Jerome Bixby's son. Oh, neat. And him and his father, before his father died, and he finished it up later, wrote this movie called The Man from Earth, and you can watch it on some streaming service. Oh, very cool. It's neat. It, it if you you ever get a chance to watch it, I'd watch it. It's really good. The I'll sequel side is look great. For that. Well. Uh, in in true sequel tradition, most aren't. Well, they they got a little weird in the sequel, but the, <laughs> but the concept of the original one is really cool. It's about a um a college professor who's retiring, and he wanted to do it quietly, but all his other professor friends show up and give him a send off. And at when they're all together, he tells them that he's a Cro-Magnon man, and he's like 10,000 years old or something like that. Interesting. Yeah, and and the whole entire movie is just college professors talking and him telling his story. It's mm. just people in a room talking. Thanks for coming and, to my TED Talk. Yeah, and it's surprisingly good. It's really good. I mean, there's there's a lot of drama and conflict, but it's not the kind of movie where action happens. It's just a sci-fi discussion movie. Nice. Some of those are really good, especially when they yeah. make you think. Uh, Family Guy also did a, um, a a whole multiverse arc. Stewie invents a device that lets him uh, hop through the multiverse. Oh, or they go to the Disney universe where they're oh, all yeah, they go to a whole horribly yeah. anti-Semitic. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful day for pie. <laughs> oh, uh, now I, I have that song going through my head. <laughs> you're welcome. I, I think Red Dwarf did some parallel universe stuff too. Yes, they yes they did. Uh, they meet the female versions of themselves. I, that I was always just, a fun. That was a I fun. I was arc. expecting you to tell me what's that. I oh did no, not no, I know, know you all Red about. Dwarf fan. It's cold outside. There's no kind of atmosphere. The sun is warm. Oh, so warm. <laughs> oh, oh, that's awesome. I've watched <laughs> I've watched a decent amount of Red Dwarf, but you seem like you have watched a lot of it. <laughs> when I was in high school. I was best friends with a guy whose parents were uber geeks. 
So I spent a lot of time over at their house, and they basically – I was their second son as far as they were concerned. So, yeah, they I, I watched a lot of anime over there. I watched a lot. Of, we watched all – they had all of Red Dwarf on bootleg DVDs. They had uh, – oh, it was so good. I love that show. Because <laughs> the, the, first, the first season, they had a budget of like $12. And then you can tell the production values get better the longer it goes. But that first season was just glorious. And, oh, so good. Uh, the, the premise of the show, for those that don't know, there's a giant ship in space that has a huge crew. And uh, the two main characters, one of them is a stuffy, ostentatious bridge officer. And the other is an engineer who just doesn't care. He's very sloppy. His name is Lister. And... Uh, and, uh, and he wakes up one morning, or he gets uh, put into cryo sleep one morning to find out that everyone on the ship has died, and they're all just little piles of ash. So he wakes up, and the computer uh, is able to manifest one hologram. So it gives him the hologram of the person he interacted with the most, which is this ostentatious bridge officer who's a twat. <laughs> it's hysterical. Uh, it's such a good show. It was originally on the BBC. The hologram is Rimmer? Rimmer, Rimmer hologram? Rimmer. Rimmer, yeah. <laughs> Smeghead. Hey, 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 hey. Sorry. I, um, the dog was out walking, and the, the cat decided to get on my lap, and he got a little overexcited. So, fortunately, I'm not injured. Well, tell him he's a Smeghead. It's worth, <laughs> it's worth mentioning. I have cuts on my face because I got attacked on the face by my cat this week. Oh, no. Uh, did you get those? Did you get those cleaned out and checked out? Because cat scratch fever is a real thing. I cleaned. You know, I washed them, and I've been paying attention. Okay. Cause I went to the doctor the, mentioned yesterday too. I wasn't there for an exam, but she said it should be fine. Okay. Because no, seriously, cat scratch fever is a real thing. I know you because cat claws can get infection, but you know we. We do our best to keep the cat box clean, and all right. we all right. have no worries. Yeah, I, it, Momo has always ripped me up pretty bad. Mm. She's, she's, yeah, yeah well, she's. she's a, a, she knows the first rule of Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't tell you what that is. I can't, <laughs> I can't confirm <laughs> that I know. Uh, I saw a great meme. This guy's like, "Hey, so I showed up a little late to Fight Club, but I missed all the rules." But man, this Fight Club is really cool. Who doesn't? Who else wants to come to Fight Club? <laughs> um, I am um, okay. So I'm looking at some of the lists on Wikipedia for parallel shows, and okay. there's some are just reminding me about shows that did it, mm. um, like Buffy. Yeah, they did the whole thing where the parallel world where the Slayer never came to Sunnydale. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, they also they they did a couple. They did that one where. Basically, the vengeance demon gave Cordelia a wish where Buffy never came to Sunnydale. Yeah. Um, and they did another one. Wasn't there one with an evil Giles? Or am I thinking of something else? I don't know. I don't know. The show's big. I mean, I could have forgotten. Yeah, something. it's been a uh, while. I just I, I remember Giles suddenly being evil for some reason. Well, they did <laughs> two kind of alternate universes. They did one where it was an actual another dimension. And they did one where you weren't quite sure if it was real or if it was hallucination. Ah, uh, where um, Buffy was shown to be in an insane asylum, and the whole Slayer thing was just a manifestation of her desire to. Ooh, interesting idea. Interesting the, idea. And the episode actually ended 
with her kind of catatonic in the insane asylum mm. where they're like where the doctors are like oh well we you know it seems like she's completely in the other world we can't reach her and then the next episode is just back in Buffy <laughs> so it, it kind of leaves you thinking it's like is the entire show this poor girl or was she just coming out of the hallucination and, and I think a lot of shows have done that same plot where the main character is shown to be insane the whole time. Yeah. um, I just had one that went away because we were talking about um, that so far. Shit. Um, I'm going to be angry now because I lost it. Continue. Sorry. It'll come back to me eventually. (laughs) Um, Fringe. Fringe was all about parallel universes, like from the first episode on. Like if you watch the show once – you think it's about one thing and then you watch it again and you realize they were foreshadowing the entire show. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, hmm. And listeners, if you have not watched Fringe, find it and binge the whole thing. It's really good. Also, if you can think of one that we haven't discussed and please email us yeah, and let us know free. what, we, what we're forgetting. Or go to the Facebook page or, you know, if you're a patron, mention it on Patreon. Yes. Um, I'm... There, so on the Wikipedia list, there's a lot of anime. Well, yes. Uh, uh, multi- uh, parallel universes is factors heavily in anime. My favorite anime that had a parallel universe was Full Metal Alchemist. Mm. You ever watch that? Yes. Full Metal Alchemist parallel universe was our world. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah. I, I, it's just cool that they the whole show is like this world with alchemy and stuff. And then you find out that it's a parallel universe to the world of technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have tech, they have alchemy. Um, Neil Gaiman did a kind of parallel universe kind of thing with Stardust. I don't know that one. Stardust is where there's a magical world just right next to our world. And it's okay. it it's their technology is powered by different things than our technology. And the, the worlds are different. Um, there's a movie, it's worth watching if you ever want to check out Stardust. It's... You, it. I mean, technically, it is a parallel universe because there's dimensions, but it's mm-hmm. not like one thing is different. It's like it's a whole different world, and there's not versions of other people over there. It's just a world next to our world. It's literally a parallel universe, but it's not in the concept of other parallel universe where it's an alternate universe. It's just a parallel universe. Okay. And I think that's where parallel universe theory started, where parallel universe was just there's another universe next to ours, not necessarily it's an alternate version. It's not a it's not a multiverse. It's just another universe next to our universe. Yeah, that makes sense. Um uh, asked me to think and my mind just goes blank. I hate it. <laughs> uh oh um uh, Stranger Things technically has an alternate universe, the upside down. Yeah, that, you know what's funny is like we're deliberately trying not to talk about Rick and Morty. Well, <laughs> that's because Rick and Morty's the obvious answer, and you've already mentioned it. Yeah, I know, but you you know that light is still blinking. Wait, the light's blinking? That's not good. <laughs> Crap! How long's that been going on? Well, I I thought I mentioned before that it's been blinking this whole time. Huh? No, I don't remember you saying that. Weird. Hmm. Anyways, um, um, Doctor Who had. Parallel universes in one set of subplots during the David Tennant error, um, but they mentioned David error, error. Sorry, <laughs> error. Um, Doctor Who. Um, yeah, but Doctor Who gets away point. with it. Well, they made a big point of saying parallel universes are real, 
but we shouldn't be able to go to them because it's impossible to travel between. Mm. Something goes wrong and they go there and the stories have stuck to that. Like mm-hmm. they don't jump back and forth to the parallel universe. They're, they they had in the David Tennant era, they had a few jumps to or from it, but they said that. Well, the big finale for the David Tennant the era was, yeah, what, well, his big finale with Rose was in the, when he left her in the parallel universe because yeah, that parallel universe's Rose was gone. Because you can't go back and forth. Because it'll, um, well, in that parallel universe, she was never born. Right, yeah. So he, and, and there was the version of him that wasn't actually a Time Lord. He was mortal. Yeah, the, the version of her in that parallel universe was a Yorkie. <laughs> That's right. Her That's mom had named right. the Yorkie Rose. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Mickey and... Uh, see, that's the thing is, the, so the, some of those people from that alternate universe come back in later episodes, but... My favorite bit of foreshadowing in the Russell T. Davies era of Doctor Who is that the Doctor kept on calling Mickey Ricky. Yes, the entire time. And he's and like, then, no, your name is Ricky. <laughs> and yeah. then... Your name's, no, it's Mickey. No, it's not. It's Ricky. No, it's Mickey. Well, right, whatever. <laughs> I always assumed that's because the Doctor perceives time and space a little differently than other people. Yeah. Well, you know, and, wibbly wobbly, timey-wimey. Yeah, and when they go to the parallel universe... The doppelganger for Mickey is Ricky. Mm-hmm. Yes. Speaking I of think... Doctor Who, uh, the convention Gallifrey is, Gallifrey is going on right now. Uh, nearby the hotel that uh, yeah, Strategicon is, what, is like, going on. It's like three hotels down or two hotels down it's from you? Two ho- it's two hotels down, and it's got I... a crowd almost as big as the crowd going to Strategicon. <laughs> I know people who work both cons. Mm. I mean, literally, they mm-hmm. do jobs at both cons so they can go to both. It... Oh, yeah. I had a friend who met, um, oh, I can't think of his name, but the guy who played Rory Williams on Doctor Who met him in an elevator at that con. Nice. I bet you Gallifrey One is a whole different experience now because during the Matt Smith era, Doctor Who was ridiculous in the U.S. Yes. So that con was like insane. It would sell out the day the tickets went live. Oh, I remember. I, uh, I remember it was at the hotel right next to Strategicon one time it went on and we went to the Carl's Jr., and the place was three times as full as it normally was, and everyone that wasn't wearing a Strategicon badge was wearing a, a, a Gallifrey One badge that had a list of those little badge hangers that went all the way to the floor. But I don't think, I don't think the con is as crazy as it used to be. I think it's actually a little bit more accessible now, because Doctor Who is still popular, but it's not like yeah. it was when Matt Smith was the Doctor. Yeah, when Matt the, Smith was the Doctor, Doctor the, Who was insane in the U.S. Yeah, the fan base was fairly was quite ravenous. And I think things have calmed down a little bit in the later years of the Doctor's iterations. I mean, to be fair, I stopped watching Doctor Who near the end of the Matt Smith art just because I got bored with it. <laughs> I just stopped caring. It was it was getting to the point of where it was overly ridiculous. And I was just like, oh, come on, guys. I, I just, I can't. <laughs> well, um, Heather and I have been watching the run of the new Doctor. Mm. And I have to tell you, we watched... Not the most recent episode, but the episode before that. Okay. We both said what the fuck about nine times. Yeah. Well, I have the very unpopular opinion of Eccleson is far and away my favorite of the doctor of the new doctors. I mean, Tenet was good, but I've always loved Eccleson. I always liked Eccleson too. Um, I had a lot of. I actually stopped watching Doctor Who when David Tennant became the Doctor, and I had to be talked into watching it. And mm-hmm. I was like, it's okay. And I never really got 
way into Doctor Who again until Matt Smith started playing him. I thought he was the best one. Well, my buddy and I had this great had this great conversation for a while. Of, of David Eccleston was the Doctor who was tired and was just you know angry at the world and he was just over it and done. And then he met Rose. And when when he regenerated a David Tennant, he became more childlike, and he believed in he believed in in humanity again, and he was you know the the, the childlike wonder was back because Deckelson is is very over it. He's just like all right, let's do whatever. He's 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 there to get the job done. He's not there to look around and wonder and see what's going on. Like there were several David Tennant episodes, especially in the beginning, where he was as amazed looking around at everything as Rose was. Yeah. <laughs> I um I like the journey. I mean, you had Eccleson, which was kind of like the PTSD doctor, and then yeah. you had um Tennant, who was like new lease on life doctor, mm-hmm. and then you had um Matt Smith, who was like reconnecting to childhood doctor. Yeah, um, I always think of him like the grandfather doctor. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of Matt Smith was really good. I loved the way they introduced Amy Pond and Rory and all that. And I just, by the end of it, like three or four seasons in, I just, I, they were getting so ridiculous. I, I couldn't deal with it. And that stupid box thing that they, it was like, really? Why? Um, then you got, um, the, um, Peter Capaldi doctor, which I thought was a little bit too harsh. Yeah, I never when, watched any of it. In the last season of his run, it got really good. Mm, um, okay. I thought he was too mean, and but they changed it. They like yeah. changed the writing. Um, <laughs> I never liked Clara either. The couple episodes she was in with Matt, Smith, yeah, she was in. That was and, the, and then, yeah. That was the other thing that when when Clara left and Peter Capaldi got a new companion, the yeah. show got much better. Okay. Um. Then, um, the, um, oh gosh, I can't think of her first name. Whitaker. Um, what's her first name? Um, oh, sorry, I had to mute there. I was coughing. Uh, yay, dead air while you're typing. Yay, <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, the light is blinking kind of intensely now. Wait, the light's blinking? Yeah. When did that start? It's, I don't know. That's weird. But it's like, it's like, um, it's like weird. It's like, it's, it's, it's doing like a pattern that I've never seen before. Oh, really? Yeah. Now it, I think it's some kind of code, but it's not more. So I'm trying to, okay, I'll, I'll look more into this. Um, I, I think it's trying to do something, but I, I don't really know. That's weird. If it's not Morse code, I mean, is it binary maybe? No, I, I, oh, we'll figure it out. Um, okay. so, Okay. Now we, we, so I got two more, I got one more before we jump into Rick and Morty for a little bit. Okie dokie. The man in the high castle. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it was Philip K. Dick. Yes. I, you know, I watched the show a bit, so I know the, I, I know about the alternate history thing, but I, I, I never made it to the parts where they start going back and forth between the universes. So I don't know how that was accomplished. I honestly don't either. So I know I know what happened. I never really watched much of that show. I need I to. Do, it's on my list of things to watch. I just haven't yet. The um the the idea of an alternate history. So you have a world where the Nazis won World War II. I mean that's great. Yeah, I, I love all. Well, it's not great, but it's 
it's a it's an interesting topic for a story. <laughs> it's it's great to let your mind wander down these paths and think of just you know what would have what would things be like had this happened. And well, it's sort of like it's okay to think like fictionally about bad things. Like, um, yeah, I have you ever planned a bank robbery? Uh, um, on the advice of my counsel, I plead the fifth. I would like to exercise my Fifth Amendment rights. What I mean, what I mean is, is as a writing exercise, I have planned a bank robbery. Oh but yeah, not so like several done times it to rob a bank. I've done it from a creative exercise to create a story about it. Mm. And I, I think about stuff like that all the time. And I think the idea of a concept like the Nazis having one World War Two is a great thought experiment. Oh yeah. Uh uh Harry Turtledove wrote an entire like fourteen book book series about how the world how the world would be different had the South won the Civil War. Yeah. Like World War One and World War Two still happened. But because we were two different countries sharing the same landmass, we backed different sides. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, uh, the 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 United States of America, the North, backed uh, Kaiser Bill during World War One, and were fighting on the Germans on the German side, while the South uh, uh, joined the uh, the the Allies, France and England, and all them. But then uh, they then World War Two came. Well, then a fascist uh, a fascist uh, took over the South, and they started. Uh, he basically became the new Hitler, but he was going against black people instead of Jews and started concentration camps for black people in the South. So the U.S. joined with France and England and all that to to fight the Confederate States of America that were basically doing what Hitler was doing in Germany. Interest, it's an interesting, interesting. What's it, what's it called again? It, Harry Turtledove. It's uh, he's got a they're they're like four. They're, he's got three or four four book series that all deal with different wars and they all share the same timelines and they're really good because they follow the same like seven or eight major character families through the through the time so you'll meet characters and then the next book series it's their children the next book series it's their children it's it's interesting uh one of the big ones uh, one of the the world war one one was called uh uh the great war uh the great war series and after that it was uh I'd have to look them all up. I've got them on my shelf somewhere. Uh, it started out with a book called Guns of the South, which was a pure sci-fi book where uh, a group of uh, soldiers uh, from modern times go find a time machine, go back in time, and give the Confederate the Confederates AK-47s. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So the war's over real quick. Because, <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> You've got, you know, a group of 30 guys able to put out the firepower of seven or eight times as many people. It's kind of hard to fight a war against them using conventional weapons at the time. But that's actually a sci-fi book. It goes into time travel and all that fun stuff. And it has its own unique ending. After we, that, he starts a series called, uh, um, uh, shit. I forget the name of it. Uh, hold on. Let me, I'm sitting in front of a computer. Why am I trying to remember all this? Well, it's a good point that time travel creates parallel universes or parallel timelines. Like, um, I mean, we dealt with that with the MCU. Um, you had um, uh, Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. You don't think of them as being related, but they usually are. Yeah. I uh, mean, he, hell, even Rick and Morty just took time travel off the shelf or yeah. spilled it off the shelf. Yeah. Okay. 
So he's got a, a book series called Southern Victory. Basically, Order 191 is never found by the Union troops during the Maryland campaign. Therefore, the battle at Antietam never happens. So instead, the Army of Northern Virginia under Robert E. Lee march into Pennsylvania and crush McClellan's Army of the Potomac at Camp Hill before proceeding to capture Philadelphia. As a result, the Confederacy wins the war in 1962 with an official resignation, uh, recognition as an independent nation from Britain and France. Uh, it starts off with a book called How Few Remain, which was written in 97, and then goes into a trilogy of books on the Great War. Uh, then after that is the American Empire Trilogy, and then which deals with the time in between what in the between World War One and World War Two, and then there's the Settling Accounts, which is a four book series which deals with World War Two and the aftermath behind that. And it's so it's a total of ten books in this series, and it's it's fantastic. That's wild. Yeah. I, I I'm gonna have to check those out. Can you a, can you message me after the episode and just give me a list so I can share some of this stuff? Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's it's that that was he was he's also a, a professor at Cal State Fullerton when I was going there. So, <laughs> now teaching history of all things, Med- medieval history. So, Stranger Things. You mentioned Stranger Things earlier. Yes, shows the upside down mm-hmm. is a version of our world that's like decayed and covered with fungus. Yeah, it's 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 about as parallel as you can get. <laughs> Is the Upside Down a world where creatures destroyed everything? Is it like an actual like alternative parallel world? Or is the Upside Down like an infection? I mean, or is it just open-ended so you can theorize anything? I think personally that the Upside Down is a parallel universe that had been corrupted by these evil things. And they find the gates between our universes and are trying to get through which is what happened. Well, problem is, is the, the humans discover something and they decide to poke it with sticks until they figure out what it does, even though it bites them back. And then uh, that heads the monsters coming through. And but the demo, but the demo dogs and everything that they, they have their own way to and from the other the other dimension. So it's it's an interesting theory. I, I believe it's a that world was taken over by this corruption and it's now start trying to take over our world now that it has found an outlet. How about you, Brian? What do you think? Oh, I was muted. That yeah. kind of blows my mind. Um, I, I've been kind of on the fence. I thought it was either an alternate world that was destroyed or it's like a place where all the negative energy kind of goes. I think of it like how the boys think of it on the show. Like They think of it like the shadow dimension in D&D. Yeah, it reminds me of the shadow plane in Pathfinder. A little bit, yeah. Except there's and light there, and the shadow plane doesn't have any light on it. <laughs> I, well, you know, the shadow plane does have light. It's not complete darkness because you can't have shadows without light. Oh, it, fair it enough. It has fair like enough. that that like dim light where because you can't. Yeah, it, I kind of think of the shadow dimension in Pathfinder as like the actual shadow of our dimension. It's created by the light on the positive universe. The positive plane creates a shadow of our universe by shining on our universe, creates a shadow of it. Because you have the negative material plane, then the shadow plane, then the prime material plane, then the positive energy plane. Yeah, um, I, yeah, the whole, the whole 
comparison between the I, I love how Stranger Things uses D and D as an app. Hey, David. Yes. The blinking stopped. Wait, what? Yeah. What the, the the light on the extra dimensional portal was blinking. I thought I told you about it. Wait, it was blinking. When did that start? It it's been blinking this whole time, but it just stopped. It's weird. Oh, oh that is that. Is, oh my goodness! Oh, holy uh, crap! Hey. Oh. How's it going? Uh, hi, Odin. Hello. Hi, we, everyone. That we no, so amazing. This thing worked as well as it did. We've been experiencing this crazy blinking on our extra-dimensional portal through the entire episode. Oh, really? And, oh, yeah. David has been having some some like mind. Like the whole thing has been affecting his mind, and he he keeps on forgetting that it's been blinking, but it's been blinking this whole time, and then it stopped, and all of a sudden you showed up. Have you been trying to contact us to be on the episode, and we just missed it completely? Uh, yes, actually, I was I was thinking about you guys not too long ago. That uh, it's like, wow, I, I I haven't visited with him in in a bit, and um, yeah, I was thinking about you. <laughs> Yay! Well, Yay. Always, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Oh man, so uh, how, how have you been, Odin? Uh, busy. Yeah, I, I've, <laughs> I've been noticed. doing well. <laughs> yeah, your, your, your channel seems to be going quite strong. Uh, it, it is. I'm enjoying that quite a bit, actually. Uh, the channel is going very well. I went to a weekly uh, video format a few months ago, and um, that's a lot of work to keep up with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, understandably, yes. It, it, does, it is indeed. Uh, we, we, we used to, we used to be weekly as well. And it, it's a challenge. <laughs> it is. Yes. I, I, I remember you guys being weekly. In fact, I don't think I was aware that you weren't at this point. Oh yeah. It's been probably, you know, what, seven, eight months now we've been doing every other week. Yeah. I we know, Brian has the numbers. So we changed it a bit. We were in addition to recording every other week, we alternate between Fridays and Friday nights and Saturday mornings. Well, that part I remember, but okay. Maybe I guess yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah um, with so many hosts and, you know, people's lives and the core hosts and stuff, and also me being married and stuff, it was just, yeah, and, and we've been doing yeah, this every that. other week thing. It's it's okay. just, yeah, that we haven't done weekly for quite some time. I think it's been almost a year now. Okay. And I think the podcast got better for it. <laughs> Probably, well, yeah. <laughs> I, one of the other problems was we were starting to have trouble coming up with things to talk about because we would exhaust all our ideas as quickly as we'd have them, because we were having to put turn out an episode every week. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah right? no, I, I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to mention. Well, good for you. <laughs> if so, Odin, when you're if you go through a period of time where you don't put any content up for a week or two, David gets really worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was a couple of months there where I was like, I haven't heard anything from Odin in a while. Is he okay? <laughs> right. Yeah. I. Uh, I went really hard and, uh, and strong on stuff there in uh, last March. Uh, I got a great deal where I was making content for TikTok. Uh, oh, okay. It was totally, totally paid, but um, it was done in, in, in the style as, as the way the majority of people would do it, where, oh, I'm going to do, you know, I, I don't want to belittle it, but do a skit, or I'm going to do, I'm, I'm right. going to stop and talk about something. Or it's like, oh, why don't you just build something, you know, really quick for TikTok, We'll need three a week, and then uh, advertise that fact on your weekly thing on YouTube. <laughs> so oh, wow. while I was working okay. a full-time job, I suddenly had to do like 16 builds within a month. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the TikTok ones were tiny. <clears throat> and there's a couple that I'd love to do on the channel that I, I haven't brought over yet, like the GLaDOS potato. 
But um, yeah, it was just that. Odin's, I Odin's think that six really second hurt. builds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Odin's fifteen second builds, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, this I did things like the this key how Odin makes quickly. You know. <laughs> okay, I gotta make something quick. Okay, get a potato. Okay, let's stick a ring on it, <laughs> and we're good. <laughs> Odin makes. <laughs> Here's how to make a Mister Potato Head with a real potato. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I am a potato head. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I ended up just just burning myself out because of that and probably in the long run uh it wasn't worth it. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, the the money they pay me because I lost out on a bunch of stuff because of um I didn't put content out for a while there on my on mm-hmm. my channel. <clears throat> I think I'm just now maybe almost a year later. Uh, recovered from that uh, as far as numbers on YouTube. Well, well we, got, we got about 15, 20 minutes left in this episode. Okay. Um, we were talking about parallel universes and media. Yes. Oh. We've we've covered just about the entire Wikipedia at this point. We did sliders. We did uh, Stranger Things. Uh, oh, okay. Um, we, um, we did a little bit of Doctor Who discussion. We talked about Man in the High Castle. Um, oh, nice. Neither of us have really watched it. I mean, we know about it. We know about the whole alternate history concept, right. but we haven't really watched it. What was that one you were sharing again, David, about the, the Civil uh, War? I, I was talking about Harry Turtledove's works about uh, the Southern Victory. Basically, it's an entire uh, ten-book series about how the world is different if the South had won the Civil War. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, um, going back to the previous one, I actually have read the book. Man in the High Castle, because I read oh, a lot of Philip nice. K. Dick's works at one point, and I've seen most of season one and two. Okay. Uh, but uh, whatever, you have it, it, so it's been, moving it's on. Been on. It's been on <laughs> my list of things to watch, I just haven't gotten to it yet. Well, I right. think David and I are okay with spoilers as far yes, as content please. goes. Feel, we would like free. to know how the travel between the universe works in that work of fiction. Okay, um... In the show, they hadn't gotten to the travel between the two yet. It was completely, because uh, like I said, I'm only about halfway through the second season, and I haven't spent the time to watch it more, right? Okay. Uh, and it isn't a fault of the show. That's just, I don't spend time watching stuff. Mm. Um, so they didn't really travel between the two. It was still 100% in that universe. In the book, which is a novel, it's maybe 200 pages at the most. Um, at the the whole thing takes place in San Francisco, in, in Japan, occupied San Francisco. Okay. Um, and they only ever talk about the uh, the Germans and how much of a pain in the butt they are because they, they control everything uh, east of the Mississippi. Um, the very end, the main Japanese businessman, the main Japanese the head guy who's slightly sympathetic, if I remember right, has this bizarre flashback because the book's written in the 60s to the 60s version of uh, San Francisco where he saw the Muni and the elevated BART trains. And there were uh, more colorful buildings and, uh, and and happy people walking around of all nationalities. And he felt really out of place and weird. So he kind of had this bizarre um, existential you know, crossover between the universes before he went back. And I think he's, he started to try to make changes to the way the society was uh, in, in, his, in his world. And that's kind of the way the book ends. Neat. I'll have to check that out because I am actually in the in looking for a new book to read. So oh, yeah. cool. The other uh, alternate uh, history, um, alternate universe book that I love. There's a book series. There's like six of them. It's the uh, Cross Time Engineer series by Leo Franceschi. 
Oh, uh, okay. Um, these are only books. They have never been made into any sort of uh, video story that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. But the um, the author himself is Polish, as well as it's pretty obvious in the way he writes. He is an engineer, or at least an engineering student. So in the story, you have a guy who's going backpacking through Poland. He had just finished his general engineering uh, degree. Mm-hmm. So he's all good to go. Uh, he wanders into some very old pub because he's, you know, in Poland, right? Um, gets horribly drunk, finds himself in the basement and passes out. The name, you know, wakes up and realizes that he's uh, spent the night in the basement of the pub and, and, and relieved himself in the corner. He's horribly embarrassed and runs out of the building. Well, the, the pub, because it's been there for hundreds of years, is a solid waypoint for the people from the future who are now writing the uh, definitive history of mankind. And so it moves through time as a way of uh, moving their people through time because it's a fixed point. It's a fixed you know, point in, in space, right? Interesting. So, so he runs out in medieval Poland about 10 years before the Huns come over and slaughter everyone with modern-day um, uh, engineering background. And um, proceeds to create an alternate timeline where he's the uh, the he becomes a um, like a lord. Yeah, he he manages to find a guy that uh, believes him with what the crazy stuff he's talking about, and and proceeds to invent uh, mechanized armor making and um, uh, steam power and all these things that don't belong um, because it's the medieval Poland. Uh, and and the whole joke is. He's still trying to figure things out, and Polis, everything's backwards, right? It, it plays on that uh, idea. At one point, he creates a, a clock so uh, his people could have a consistent work day. Yeah, not just work from sunup to sundown every day, which, of course, drastically changes the seasons. But the only place the, uh, the clock will work is the southern portion of the hall, because that's where it's level. And the way he built it, it ran backwards. So the clock runs backwards, and once he teaches people how to make maps, they put south up because that's where the clock is, and that's where everyone looks. So everything becomes this Polish backwards as part of the joke of just, you know, um, stereotypical Polish stuff. But it's, you know, it's Leo's the way he wanted to write it. It's fun. Neat. So we're just about at the end of the episode. I mean, it's unfortunate that we had... Technical Sorry, difficulty. <laughs> well, you know, we oh. still have our little segments at the end. We have, to, oh, and okay, we good. can, we'll, we'll still have our bonus episode. So this will be the Odin bonus episode. Oh, there we are. Woo. Um, that that should bring him in. <laughs> and Patriots bonus episode will be about fifteen minutes this week because David is David is at Strategicon and he well, wants to get back to his con event. I'm, and I'm currently at home, but I'm going to Strategicon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But, you know, it's so cool that you could be here, Odin. And since since we're, you know, we we used our sci-fi technology to get you here, yes. this is a good time to do our segment at the end of the episode called Tales from the Extraplanar Portal. Ooh. So oh, yes. um, we, like I said, we've been experiencing this beeping. I guess you would have been on sooner if we would have figured it out sooner. Well, um, I told you we need to find a way to label the buttons. Like I said, it's bioorganic material. I'm not entirely sure how to label them without it just absorbing in. Maybe Odin could make something. Duct tape? <laughs> gun? One thing I'm curious about, Odin. So we, I mean, we have, you know, this thing exists in so many different places at the same time. And somehow it managed to reach out to our guests as well. I, I think it's sentient. Uh, how does it appear on your end? Um... 
it's very similar to like a text message. It was really kind of weird. You know, it's 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 like the uh, the burning thing in your brain. You know, you 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 you. you uh, it's not quite the feeling that somebody's walked over your grave. It's more like uh, the a more friendly version of your ears are burning because someone's talking about you. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, bi- biomech is is really weird. It, it could be a whole lot worse. You know, it could be like tiered technology. It could be a whole lot worse. But it's it, 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 <laughs> this this thing actually isn't that bad. <laughs> See, one thing I've never really described is how it appears over here. It it's sort of like a dome. It's um, but it it completely encompasses the podcast studio, and okay. um, you know the 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 mic has become part of it at this point. And the if I touch the console, absurd. if I touch the console at initial touch, it just feels like a regular like like countertop. But if I leave my hands there for a bit, there's some give like a skin. Oh, weird! But if so you I get like a memory indent on on the console. <laughs> Yeah, it it's it's an interesting concept, but you know, I I spend most of my time here in editing and and recording. Uh huh. So, you know, I often I often wonder what kind of influence is about me. Mm. Hey, hey, David, you know that blinking light turned off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I mean, we should figure out what it does, what it's for. Yeah. It's making me think about. Uh, oh, today. hey, Odin. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, I love this show. Oh, what did you say? <laughs> what were you gonna say, Odin? You're talking about a blinking light on a console, so I immediately started thinking about the uh, disaster areas all black ship that was flying into the sun for their uh, end of their concert, Hitchhiker's Guide to the oh, Galaxy. Yeah. So it's an all black ship with an all black console, the black light blinking black to let them know something was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one. I, uh, I mean, I've read some Hitchhiker's Guide, but I don't know that one. Uh, yeah. I, the uh, disaster area was, I'm pretty sure, it may have been in the restaurant at the end of the universe. I think think it was in Hitchhiker's Guide. But it, it was, was no, the it was, uh, uh, Galaxy's was Noisiest Band. They would set up uh, a PA that would literally deafen the audience, uh, but the band would play on a different planet because it was so loud. And, yeah, they would crash a ship into a sun as part of their finale. <laughs> and so oh, the heroes ended up on that ship. metal. Yeah, that's the metal band. It's the guy who's spending a year dead for tax reasons. The all-black ship with a black light that you can't see. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> See, I was thinking of uh, the the first season of Venture Brothers when they oh, go okay. to a one, and there's a light that says that says uh, uh, th- there's just a light that says uh, 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 alarm, and it's blinking, and they can't figure out why. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. <laughs> Gee, Dad, thanks. You think you would have told me it's diagnostic instead of just a light that blinks? Which is kind of true about like older sci-fi. It's like the com- the commentary on older sci-fi where it would just have an error light and it didn't because, you know, they didn't have the concept of lots of dials and stuff explaining anything that could go wrong. Yeah, well, that's just older tech. It w- it w- you'd have a, a, a little blinky thing that, that, hey, something's going wrong, but you had to be trained as to why. Yeah. And um, people ignore the blinking lights. All throughout the life of a v, uh, VCRs and VHS machines and beta machines, even right, um, the clock would never be set, so it just blinked twelve because the machine's trying to tell you, "Hey, you got to set the set the clock down here." And nobody cared. Well, nobody the said problem, it. Well, the main problem is, is no one knew how to set the. Damn well, there's thing that too. They right? weren't exactly user friendly. It was just the Vulcan mind meld with a piece of you know Panasonic equipment. No big deal. <laughs> So Odin, you know, mm. even though you were only here for a short while, 
um, I'm, you're still welcome to promote. What what do you got going on? Uh, well, I speaking of alternative, I just put out a, a video where I made the gravity gun from Half-Life 2. That was on my channel. Yeah, thank you. That was fun. I've, I've oh, loved the Half-Life awesome. games. And I'm excited about Half-Life Alex, actually, even mm. though I, I have played zero VR games. Mm. That's one that could probably get me well, to buy a helmet. It's gotta be it's gotta be better than the than uh, the the stupid Freeman game that came out, so I was not a fan. That one You're not of, a friend. No, I was not a fan this. of of it was the the one they came out with not too long ago, uh, uh Capture the Freeman or something like that. And it was huh. I don't know. It was short. It was it was supposed to be longer and then it ended up being relatively short and it's it, 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 was, okay. it wasn't great. Oh, okay. I, I, I missed that one. That's, that's, that's a bummer. So I'm excited for that. Uh, coming up here in March, I'm going to be in three different cons, which is pretty exciting. So I'll be uh, going to a con in Dallas called the Fandom Legacy Con. Uh, I'll be going to another con in San Diego called Rocket Con. It's not the ultimate famous con for San Diego, but it's one yeah. that's still going to be a lot of fun. And then I'll be uh, to the first con I'll be making my second appearance at with uh, the NanoCon Mark 7 at Lower Columbia College. Nice. And I think I'll be seeing Brian there. I should be. I you haven't heard be. back okay. from I haven't heard back from the organizer yet, but they want me to be there. I just I I have a way I'd like to do things, so I just got to work it out. Gotcha. Well, the the, the organizers um uh one of them anyway just finally got a hold of me again yesterday, I think it was morning. So, um Well, uh, maybe I'll hear back confirm. this week. I just I I want to confirm some stuff and yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm free that weekend, so I should be able to go regardless. Oh, cool. Yeah, and and that one's a uh, Friday Saturday only con. Oh, neat. So uh, yeah, because you know it's it's taking place on a community college campus, and the first day is primarily a, a film festival, a science fiction film festival, and that then the second sense. day is a is a full blown con, and. Um, they have uh, the the youngest guy from Freaks and Geeks is is the one of the stars that's going to be there, and the uh, I, I know him as the alien bounty hunter from the X Files, the the one that yeah. kept showing yes. up. From, yeah, so uh, Brian talking about Thompson, I think his name is. He was okay. also in like uh, Key West as uh, uh, Sergeant Cody, but anyway, uh, yeah, he's going to be there, so he's cool. Nice. Ah, the name was called, the game was called Hunt Down the Freeman. Hunt Down the Freeman. Okay. Yeah. I have to look this up. It's on Steam. It's on Steam. Is that a VR game or? I I couldn't tell you. I never played it. I I heard reviews from it, and everything said it wasn't very good. So. <laughs> okay, I've actually been replaying Half Life a little bit, the Half Life ah. Source, uh, oh, yeah. these last couple nights because I finished the Gravity Gun. It's like I'm gonna go play the first one again. Nice. <laughs> See, I remember sitting in my my high school in front of one of the the teachers' computers who let us install Half Life and playing Half Life at lunch. <laughs> Uh-huh. Because <laughs> <laughs> my, my science teacher was really cool and didn't care. So he <laughs> nice. installed Half-Life on his computer. So he'd go there at lunch and play. It was great. Uh, well, that was great. Yeah, I remember hauling my uh, my entire system with a you know seventeen inch or nineteen inch CRT monitor to Ooh, land yeah. parties. Oh so yeah, go play uh, Half Life and Deathmatch and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I used to I used to host land parties for my uh, my anime club. My, I was in the Cal State Long Beach anime club for several years, and I would host a land party every year just to have people over and screw around, and it was always a lot of fun. Yeah, they were always a lot of fun. That's cool. We, uh, I remember, yeah, we, we were doing it, and um, we were playing the beta for uh, Counter-Strike, and yep. kept uh, back in the day. 
Yeah, back in the day. Download this trailer for this upcoming game called Halo from some weird company called Bungie. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it disappeared for years after we were watching this trailer. It's like, where's this game? We want to play the game. And then, oh, it's on Xbox, I see. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. You know, me and my buddies used to call it Bungie, too. Well, because that's what the logo looked like because it wasn't, yeah. wasn't designed very well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who the hell names your company Bungie? <laughs> well, guys, alas... This episode has to end. Oh. But, you know, Dave and I had a cool talk about Alternate Universe. Odin had a neat little take on it. Our sci-fi technology somehow brought him here. And we're going to talk yes. about that in the bonus episode. Yes. So if you're a patron and you want to be a patron, go to patreon.com slash radio and check that out. And um, hey, with, with, without our patron support, we, patron. Can't, uh, we can't make this, uh, this, this uh, show without our support. So. You know, because, you know, all the... Um, all of the nanomaterials and metamaterials we need to run our um, sci-fi technology, you know, we we need patrons to pay for it. So they they don't grow on trees. <laughs> let's keep the blinking lights on and off and on and <laughs> off and off. <laughs> um, so um, I this have show been... is supported by Odin Makes and listeners like you. Please go to <laughs> Patreon.com to join in. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. I was your host, Super Vegan Brian, and we were. I was joined by David Theobald III. Bye, nurse. And a surprise teleport in by Odin Abbott. Hello there. <laughs> no, no, um, Odin, Odin, we're saying goodbye. Oh, okay. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Obi-Wan. <laughs> this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Oh, it, it, the reason why he's stuck on Hello There is because he's been on TikTok too much. <laughs> General Kenobi. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Nerd Podcast Radio. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay awesome. Uh, stay awesome. <laughs> stay awesome. <laughs> hey, that light's still...